Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing Word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs 29, 18. Proverbs 29, 18. I'm going to give you some word today, so you better get ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Get ready. Hold on. Because we're going, to, we're going to go deep into the word this morning. Let's recap. Part one, we learned about enlightenment. Now, what did we learn about enlightenment? You cannot function in a dark room. If you go into a room where you've never been before, you can't function in that room, can you? But as soon as I turn the light on, how many knows what I'm talking about now? As soon as I turn the light on, everything becomes crystal clear. The Bible declares that His Word, the Word of God, brings light. Light to what? Light to every situation and circumstance that we are dealing with. He will bring light when it comes to your health. He'll bring light when it comes to your finances. He'll bring light when it comes to your marriage. I don't care what it is. It's here in the Word. And when we we receive the Word of God, when the understanding of the Word of God comes, the light switch comes on, and we're able to know exactly what we need to do about every situation that we're dealing with. Part two, last week we learned about how we are to fellowship with our vision. It is vitally important. How many's ever received a word from God? I guarantee you, everybody here, you've received a word from God. You've received a prophetic word. Well, guess what? Here's what most people do. They take that word and they put it on a shelf and say, we'll just wait and see if it comes to pass. Will it come to pass? No. You've got... Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to work that word. You've got to work it. You can't put it on a shelf. You can't put it on your coffee table. You've got to take that word and you've got to work it in your life. When we fellowship with our vision, the vision becomes more real than anything that we're dealing with in the natural. Woo, glory. When that vision, when we fellowship with our vision and we constantly remind ourselves what God said, we're speaking about it. And we learned last week the word meditate doesn't mean just thinking about it. That word meditate in the Hebrew means to say it to yourself. Utter it out loud to yourself. How many ever talks to yourself? Come on. You ought to be talking to yourself. If anything like me, you look in the mirror in the morning and say, you look good. Come on now. I'm just teasing. Now, today, today, part three, we are learning. The title of this message is entitled Vision Complex. Say that with me. Vision Complex. Now, what does the word complex mean? Let's deal with this. Now, the word complex, if you look up in the dictionary, it means consisting of many different and connecting Parts. I'm going to say that again. Consisting of many, somebody say many, and many different, somebody say different, somebody say connected parts. So that's very clear that there's more than one part to our vision in there. Oh, come on now. There's more, that, there's, there's many parts to the vision that God has given us. 
And so what I'm, I'm, I'm going to emphasize to you today is that we, to see the entire vision that God has given us come to pass, God has placed within us many individual visions that connect to the whole thing. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, it's just like this in your life. To truly have peace in your life, you can't have one thing in chaos and something else working fine, right? We, it is our desire that our marriage runs smoothly, right? Our finances run smoothly. Our, our, our relationship with God runs Our relationship with our children runs smoothly. Everything. Somebody say the entire thing. And that's what God wants us to do. Now look at this right here. This is, the, this is God's Word translation. It says without what kind of vision? I want you to remember that. What kind of vision? Prophetic vision. Not just any kind of vision, but prophetic vision. Without prophetic vision, people will run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teaching. Can I say it like this? Where there is a lack of consideration, people will live their lives with no direction. Consideration of what? It said it right here. The vision. Somebody say, consider your vision. See, without considering every part to my vision... I will have no direction in my life. Do you know how many people, watch this now, do you know how many people come to church every week and don't have a clue where they're going? Come on. I'm not talking about Beulah land. I'm not talking about when you get to heaven. Somebody say, I've got a task to do here. I've got a purpose here. God has called me more than just to be a, uh, a pew warmer or a chair warmer. Come on, somebody. God has called you. He's given you a specific purpose. He's given you a specific vision that he, has, uh, that he has crafted just for you. And so it is important that we take the entire vision that is consisting of what? Many parts connected together. That's what complex means. Alright, so now let's look at this. So God has placed in the body. Now what is the body? I know people have been confused here lately. And they think that they themselves are the church. You are not the church. Come on. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, but you are not the church. Somebody say, we are the church. Come on. It takes a body coming together to be the church. Somebody say amen on this. So in the body, that means everybody here this morning, the Bible says that God has placed within the body prophets. Do you know another word, and I said this a few weeks ago, and I'll, I'll see how many remembers. Do you know another name for the word prophet? How many remembers? There you go. Seer. Seer. Look, they see. Prophets are enabled to do what? To see in the spirit realm. See what? To see what you're going through, but also to see the outcome. Oh, somebody help me now. See, that's what God has placed prophets in the church to see or to give vision to your life. 
That's why it's so important that you be in a church. You hear me say this all the time. It is so important that you be in a church where they are letting God speak. Somebody say amen. Where they are letting the prophetic be released into the light. Why? Because a church that does not have the prophetic is a dying church. Amen. Now, are prophets still today? I've heard so many people ask me that question. Do you believe that prophets and apostles and all this are still today? Well, let's just look at the Word. How, how, how about that? Ephesians 4.10. Look right here. It says, Jesus descended in the same also that He ascended up far above the heavens that He might feel all things. Has Jesus went to heaven? Come on. Is He now on the throne? Somebody say amen. Yeah, okay. So now that that's happened, guess what? Go to the next verse. He has given what? Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Next verse. For the what? Perfecting of the saints. Somebody say, that's me. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the what? The church. Come on, now we're getting somewhere. Now go to verse 13. Till we all come in the what? The unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, until we are made what? A perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So let me ask you a question. Has all the body come in unity? No. Okay, next question. Are we all perfected and we got it all down pat? So that just answered your question, didn't it? Apostles are still in the house. Come on. Prophets are still in the house. Evangelists are still in the house. Pastors are still in the house. Teachers are still in the house. So now that we realize and we know that prophets are still here today, what do they do? Now, I'm going to teach you this morning. I've not come to preach. I've come to teach. Now, what do they do? Go to Amos 3, 7. Look at this right here. It says, Surely the Lord will do what? Nothing. But He reveal His secrets unto what? His servants, the prophets. Are prophets still in the house? We just found that out. All right. So God says, I'm going to reveal things through how? My prophets. Re uh, reveal what? What did we learn? Where, what we're going through, right? And where we're going to go. Amen? How many has received direction from somebody prophesying to you up here on what to do about your life? Okay. That's that, that's that scripture. Now go to Hosea 12.10. It says, I have also spoken by the what? Prophets. And I have... There it is. Multiplied visions. Say that with me. Multiplied visions. What do we learn about today? The complex of vision. The many different parts that are connected together. So there are many visions within your entire vision. That's what I want to show you today. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is there are steps on the way that God needs you to take to complete the vision that He's given you. I, I want to stop right there and, and make you think. 
Is there something in your life right now that God is asking you to do and you keep putting it off? Come on. I, I, I don't mean, I mean, I'm talking about something that is really pressing you. God's been really dealing with you. See, what you need to understand today and what I'm going to show you is that this is a part of the entire complex of the vision that God has given you. See, I know everybody in here, I'm looking at people in here today that have desire in their heart. You have desire. God has placed big things on the inside of you. But you see, it's the little things that you do that bring you to that big place in God. Mm, I'm going to say amen on that. Alright, so prophets reveal the will of God, but they also connect you to multiple visions. I'm going to say it again. They also connect you to multiple visions. So you should live by the prophetic. Amen? You should have, I'm going to step out here and say that you should have a prophet in your life. You should have a prophet in your life. You should have somebody that you can go to that, that you know that you can trust that is speaking the Word of God in your life, that's speaking and releasing the voice of God in your life. Why? Because God has ordained them to reveal secrets to you, things you don't know about, that are connected to the big vision that He's given you. Are you with me this morning? Somebody say amen if you're with me, if you're getting this. Alright, so watch this. Alright, so I know people say today, well, you know what? We don't need prophets today. We don't need apostles. We don't need this and that. Because, you know, the Bible says that before he used to speak by his prophets, but in nowadays, God speaks through his son. Okay? He speaks through his son. Alright, go to Revelation. Let's look what it says right here. I am a fellow servant and the brethren... And, and that have the testimony of Jesus. Now we're talking about Jesus now. Watch this. And worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of what? Come on, help me this morning. The spirit of what? Prophecy. So if God is speaking through His Son now, what is the main testimony of Jesus? The spirit of prophecy. Or in other words, the office in the church that reveals what? Vision. Mm-mm-mm. All right, let's go. So today, watch this. I want to instruct you to take the entire vision that God has given you. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't settle. Don't say, if I can get anything across you today, it's that one thing right there. Do not settle. Because this is something that I've seen over and over and over. You say, what is that? So Too many people take only a part of their vision and they settle for everything else. Too many. Too many say this phrase right here. Well, if I can just have this in my life, all these other things, yeah, they're not what I want them to be, but I can live with them. I want to drive that out of you this morning. Because let me tell you something. God has given you the main vision of your life. But there are multiple visions underneath that that you're going to have to complete to get to that main vision that you want. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? 
you're going to have to do so. See, we cannot settle and we cannot afford to come to the place where we just become complacent in the things of God. Now, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you in the Word, where people took blessing, a blessing from God, and turned it into a curse because, watch this now, because they only took part of the vision. In other words, they came to the place where they were settling and saying, this is good enough. Come on now. How many's ever had this mindset, well, devil, you can attack me in this area, but you can't have this one. That's not good enough, is it? Because the Word of God instructs us. He said, what? Give no place to the enemy. Turn to your neighbor and say, give no place. Now look at Numbers 33. 55, or 53, excuse me. It says, this is God speaking. He said, you shall uh, possess or dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein. For I have given you the land to possess it. So that was the entire vision, right? Possess all the land. Somebody say all. Next verse. And you shall divide the land by lot for inheritance among your families, and to the more you shall give to the more, in, or to the more inheritance, and to the fewer you shall give less inheritance. <clears throat> Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers, you shall inherit. Next verse. But, you, but if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which are left, some might say those that you settle, that remain of them shall be what? Pricks in your eyes, and they shall be thorns in your side, and they shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Now verse 56. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. So what are we seeing right here? Watch this. God said, He said, look, I'm going to show you the entire vision. Here's the main vision of your life. I have given you this land for you to fully possess, possess it. A, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of blessing. How many knows that God was taking them to a place of incredible blessing? I mean, He said, you're going to have vineyards you didn't plant. Houses you didn't build. Come on. He said, I'm going to make you lenders and not borrowers. He said, you're going to be blessed in the city and in the field. That's in your Bible. Now, but listen to what they had to do, though. That was the main vision. But here's what they had to do. He said, you've got to drive out the entire inhabitants of the land. That means the Hittites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites, all the other Ite brothers. He said, don't leave one Ite there in the land. Now why? So God was saying unto them, He said, take all, somebody say all, all the vision. Don't settle. Because if you do, now why was He telling them this? Because He knew that if they were to settle for only part of the vision... Right? We're just going to go in and we're going to possess some of the land. Not all of it, but hey, we're going to get most of it. He knew that if they had that attitude and they left some of the traces of the enemy, 
what was going to happen. What was designed to be a blessing was going to turn into what? A curse. Now, what was the outcome of that? How many, how many Bible readers I got? What was the outcome of this? They did exactly what God told them not to do. Come on. Exactly. And the land that was supposed to be a blessing, the inheritance that was supposed to just blow their mind, was now turned into a curse and they lost it all. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? See, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that you can't afford to only take some of the vision that God has given in your life. You've got to take all of it. Because, see, you've got an enemy that is just waiting for you to open the door just somewhere in your life where he can come in. Now, if you know anything about him, you'll know this, that he's just not satisfied with taking some of your life. Now, that may start out that way, but the Bible says he's interested in three things. To steal, kill, and destroy from you. Amen? And if I promise you in here this morning, I'm going to give you wisdom today that's going to save your life. I promise you today that if you settle and you don't take on the entire vision that God has given you, you're going to open the door for the enemy to come in and work. What are some examples that I could give you? I'm so glad you asked me. Here's some of the examples. Now watch this. I've seen this all through ministry. I've seen it for years. People desiring a, a child, desiring a, a marriage, desiring a business, whatever you want to call it. So they desire a child. God gives them a child. Then they'll use that child to keep them from coming to church or keep them from doing what God has called them to do. What are they doing? They're taking a blessing and they're opening the door for the enemy to come in. Now watch this. All right, somebody says, you know, I just, I've just been praying. I've, been, I've just been believing for a family. I'd love to have a husband. I'd love to have a wife, whatever it is. So you pray, you seek the face of God. That's one of the visions that God has you. He brings you a wife. He brings you a husband. And then guess what happens? I've seen so many people use that marriage to distance themselves from God instead of becoming closer to God. Now, now li listen to me today. I'm giving you some wisdom. All right, so what about a job? Oh, bro, Pastor Robbie, I just got the job of my dreams. I'm telling you, it's everything I ever wanted. And then it keeps you from coming to church. Somebody say, hey, what are you doing? What was supposed to be a blessing, come on, you're turning it into a curse. You say, well, how could I possibly do that? All right, say you prayed for a child and God gave you a child. Do you think your job stops once the child's born? Somebody hear me? How many knows you got to raise that child? How many knows you got to, the Bible says you got to train that child in the way that they should go. All right, if you're not coming to church, if you're using that child as an excuse not to come to church or not to do what God's called you to do, what are you doing? You're opening the door for the enemy to come in and work into that child's life. Somebody say, hey, it's tight, but it's right. Come on. All right, what about this marriage that God, oh, God's gave me this spouse of my dreams? 
Alright, but if you're, if you're neglecting the things that God has given you, what are you doing? You're opening the door for the enemy to come in. Just because, Watch this. Just because that this marriage is ordained from God, do you think the enemy can't come in and try to work? Come on, somebody, talk to me. How many know? Somebody say, marriage is work. Come on. It's work. So it doesn't stop after you say, I do, does it? No, the vision doesn't stop there. See, what I'm trying to tell you, the pattern is, is that people go to a certain point and they stop. They don't take the entire vision. And when you don't take the entire vision, guess what? You leave an opening for the enemy to come in. The entire vision was to take how much of the land? All. Take all the land. And they didn't. They did exactly what God told them not to do. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's one thing you'll learn in ministry is that you can talk to people until you're blue in the face. Some people will listen to you. Some people won't. That's just life, right? But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that if you listen to this today, this is going to save your life. If we see in Judges chapter 1, we're going to see that they did exactly what God told them not to do. Go to Judges 2 for me, Dave. All right, the angel of the Lord came up to Gilgal to Bacham and said, I made you to go up out of the land of Egypt, and I brought you into the land which I swore unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant. God's explaining this entire vision. Now go to the next verse. He said, and, you sh- and I told you not to make any leagues with the inhabitants of the land. Don't settle. I told you not to settle. I gave you a kid, I gave you a marriage, I gave you a new job or whatever, but don't settle. Don't forget about me. Don't See, what I've seen so many times is people get what they want from God and then they, they're gone. They forget about Him. And this is what God told them. He said, I told you not to forget about me. Watch this. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? You ever look at people and say like that? You ever ask yourself that question? Why did they do exactly what I told them not to do? Pastor Robbie, how many people you've seen come up here and get prophesied to and go back and do the exact same thing God told them not to do? We'd be here all day. Come on. All right, go on down to Judges. It says, Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be what? Thorns in your side, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. Alright, so what was designed to be a blessing in your life will now, watch this, because you don't take the entire vision, will now become a snare unto you. A snare for what? To pull you away from the things of God. How many knows exactly what I'm talking about? Because you've seen it in other people's lives. You may have seen it in your own life. Now go on down to Judges for me, Dave. Now look at verse 10. He said, And also all the generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which He had done for Israel. Verse 11. And the children of Israel did what? evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's always right. 
He's always right. He said, listen. He said, if you don't take all this vision now, if you just settle, here's what's going to happen to you. The areas that you settle in is where the enemy's going to come in and work in your life. Oh, okay. And what happened? Exactly what God said. The inhabitants that they settled and said, you know what? We can just, you know, we can just compromise. We can live with this. They became a snare unto them. I'm going to say it like this. Watch this. Let me, let me tell you about me this morning. One of the visions that I had in my life was a family. And that include a wife and kids. Alright? God gave me kids when the doctor said, you'll never have kids. Come on somebody, talk to me. God said, I'm going to give you a line of priests when I didn't have one child. He gave me that vision and I held on to that vision. Alright, but watch this. He gave me a wife also. The wife that I have right now, I know is the one that God gave me. But watch this. Even though those are promises from God fulfilled, even though those are blessings, if I turn around and use them as an excuse not to do what God has called me to do, as an excuse not to go after the other parts of this vision that God has given me, what's going to happen the enemy's going to come in and he's going to work in the lives of my children. Somebody better listen to me today. And he's going to come in and he's going to work in my marriage, isn't he? I'm telling you, that's why I told you today, I'm giving you wisdom today that's going to save your life. Now, you know, I know some people, they love to get in trouble and God deliver them. But you know what I love even more? When I don't go through the trouble. Somebody say amen. And I'm telling you today that God is a God that wants to keep you from ruining your life. He wants to keep you from the dangers of life. Yes, He will deliver you. But it's even better when you walk in absolute victory. Somebody say amen. So watch this. So when I take all the vision, so I'm not using my kids as an excuse not to serve God or not to be at church, or not to be faithful. I'm not using my wife. I'm not using any other blessing that God has given me. So you know what's going to happen? God's going to keep that. Oh, come on, somebody, talk to me. I said God's going to keep that. See, Paul said, I am persuaded that God is able to keep that which I have entrusted unto Him. Can somebody say amen this morning? I'm telling you right now, and, and I'm going to say this again. Because you know, you hear people in the religious world, they say, you know, just do the best you can. You never know how your kids are going to turn out. You got a promise from the living God. Somebody lift your hands and say, I've received that today. You have a promise that your kids are going to follow in your footsteps. And that means if you're living for God, if you're being faithful, if you're teaching them how to live for God and be on fire for Him, guess what? Your kids are going to follow in that direction. Can we put our hands together and give God some praise this morning? Come on. If I, if I allow God in the center of my marriage, He's going to keep my marriage. Somebody say amen. Now, let's look at one more. 1 Samuel 15. We're going to look at Saul. How many remembers King Saul? 
Now, if you know anything about King Saul, God anointed him king over Israel. He had it made. He had everything laid right before him. But he had this problem. See, Paul's vision, or excuse me, Saul's vision was to be a great king. How many believes that? That was his vision. That was his main vision, to be great in the eyes of Israel. And how many knows that David had that vision come to pass in his life? Come on, we're still talking about him today. His name was made great. But watch this. What Paul, or I keep calling him Paul, what Saul had trouble with is that he had trouble taking care of the smaller visions that God had given him that was the complexity of what? The entire vision. We're going to see that right now. Look at this. It says, one day Samuel said to Saul, he said, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people. Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. God's word comes with what? We've been learning this. God's word brings vision. Say this with me. God's word brings vision. It brings vision. It causes you to see something. So he said, listen to this word. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle my accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and do what? Completely destroy. Somebody say all. If I had a symphony to that, say all. All. Destroy all the inhabitants of the land. Alright? Destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. You say, why would God do something like that? Because in that old covenant, we didn't have authority over devils. So we had to wrestle with flesh and blood. Somebody talk to me. We had to wrestle against flesh and blood. Because we didn't have the authority to cast out devils. We didn't have the authority to bind them on the earth and it's bound in heaven. But when the new covenant came and Jesus gave us authority, power of attorney of His name, that's above how many names? All names, every name. That when He gave us the power of attorney, that now gave us authority over every devil, over every demonic power, so now we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Somebody say amen if you're with me. All right, so next verse. All right, so here's what Saul did. Saul said, I'm going to go and I'm going to do what God said. So he captured Agog, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agog's life and kept the best of the sheep, the goats and the cattle and the fat calves and the lambs and everything else that was nice. In fact, that appealed to him. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Is that what God said to do? So, would you agree with me that Saul took part of the vision and not the entire thing? Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Go to the next one, Dave. Alright, so Samuel comes to him 
And this is what he says. He says, why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why didn't you take the entire vision? All right. Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? And this is what Paul said, or Saul said, excuse me. This is what Saul said. But I did obey the Lord. I I obeyed the Lord. I took on the whole vision. I completed the entire task. I'm doing what God's called me to do. I know I'm chosen. I know God loves me. You know, this is how people talk today. I'm doing what God said to do. All right? He said, I carried out the mission He gave me. And I brought back King Agog, but I destroyed everyone else. (laughs) We got anything else on New Living? All right, good. All right, so is anybody reading this thinking, what in the world is up with Saul? Because it's very clear that he did not obey the word of the Lord. It's very clear that he did not take the entire vision. But do you know that that same thing is still going on today? You say, what you mean? Do you know that there's many people today that are not a part of a local body of Christ? They're not part of a local church. They don't read the Word. They don't pray. They're not seeking the face of God. And then want to turn around and talk about how much they've got God. And how they're pleasing Him and they're called according to His purpose and all this other stuff they say. That's craziness. You see, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there's deception that comes into your life when you don't take the entire vision. When we don't take on everything that God told us to do, we begin to believe a lie. How many when you were in sin or when you were in bondage, you said to yourself, I'm still good. You know, I'm all right. I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that, but at least I'm doing this right here. And deception pulls in. And see, this was what was going on with Saul. See, he was in absolute rebellion. He was not doing what God had called him to do, but yet at the same time he was proclaiming that he was walking in the Lord's will. Somebody say, all the vision. So, do you see now that had Saul obeyed the entire vision, if he would have listened to everything that God told him, he would have went to that big vision that he had about his life, which was what? To, To be a great king. Right? To have his name great in the eyes of the people. He would have had that. But see, he wanted to neglect the smaller parts of the vision that connected to the big vision. And because he did that, guess what? He never reached that ultimate vision he had for his life. Ladies and gentlemen, I do not want you to have that regret in your life that when you're at the end of your life here on earth, that you, that you say, man, I didn't get to that place that I always seen myself in God. I don't want you to do that. And the only way, watch this, and the only way that you can stop that having that regret in your life is when you take on the entire vision that God has given you. Amen? Has, how many's had promises fulfilled with God? Raise your hand. 
good. I'm happy for you. But your job has not stopped there. Stevie's like, no, <laughs> it's not stopped. And see, watch this. When we stop on our vision is when the promises that God fulfilled in our life starts to become thorns in our side. Woo! Mark 4. All right, and Jesus said unto them, Know you not this parable? This parable of what? The scattered seed. How many's heard the passage about the scattered seed? How many's heard me preach it about 50 different ways? Well, you're about to hear another one. Why? Because go to 14. He said, The sower soweth the word. Verse 15. Actually, go back to verse 13. He said, If you know this parable, you'll know how many? All. Pastor Robbie, how can you preach this 50 different ways? Because if you understand this principle, this kingdom principle, it's tied or connected to every other principle in the kingdom of God. Somebody say hallelujah. All right, so let's go to it. Verse 15. It says, And these are they that fall on the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes when? Immediately. And does what? He takes away the word that was sown in their heart. So let's deal with this first one. When you hear of the word, word of the Lord, I want you to think of the prophetic. Because watch this. I'm going to show you something real quick. How was this word written? What caused this word to be written? Prophets received what? The word of the Lord. They produce vision, right? The Bible says everything that's wrote down in this word, the Spirit of God moved upon men and caused them to write it down. Are y'all with me? So even this written word right here has come forth how? By the prophetic. Alright? And how does God mainly direct your life? By the prophetic. So watch this. So I want you to see this today as a prophetic word being sent forth. So the first one did this. The first one, how many's ever had somebody be prophesied to or know or seen somebody prophesied to and they don't receive it immediately? Satan came immediately and took the word. Why? Because he could? No. Don't miss it. Because their heart was what? Hardened. Some might say, if you can see it, you can have it. Oh, come on. See, somebody, some people get a word from God, and their heart is so hardened that they can't see it. So you know what they do? They say, ah, that's not right. That's not true. Ah, I don't believe that. So Satan comes immediately and takes it. Let's go to the next one. 
Verse 16, it says, And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Right? Next verse. And have no root in themselves, so endure before what? A time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. All right? So then, watch this. So then you've got those other people that receive a word from God. They get excited about it. Praise God, God's going to heal me. Praise God, God's going to bless He said He's going to deliver me out of my situation. Isn't God good? All right? And then a week or so goes by, or however long goes by, and the enemy comes and does what? He starts contesting that word. And what happens? They lose sight. Come on now. What are we talking about today? We're talking about vision. So they had that vision of whatever God told them coming to pass. They could see it coming to pass. All right? Well, <clears throat> the enemy brings trouble. And what's that cause you to do? That causes you to focus on what? Everything that's going on around you. You lose sight of the vision that God told you. Come on, somebody. So then what happens? He said they are offended. In other words, they become bitter to that word. It's not going to come to pass. Oh, that, that brother, that sister, so-and-so, they just lied to me. Oh, I got my hopes up for nothing. And so what do they do? They just cast it to the side. All right, let's go to the next one. It says, And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word, come on, and the cares of this word and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, if you read in Luke, you'll see how that in this person, they, they grabbed a hold of the vision so much that it started to produce in their life. It became so real to them that it started to change circumstances in their life. Who are these type of people? These are the people that receives a word from God, they go after it, it comes to pass, and then they stop. Why do they stop? It just read it to you. He says, the things of life distract them. Oh, praise the Lord, God gave me that child I was believing it for. God gave me that husband, that wife that I was believing. Oh, praise the Lord, He gave me that job. And then they allow that job or that marriage or that kid to distract them and pull them away from the things of God. And what happens? The Bible says the cares of life, those distractions do what? They choke out the what? The vision. How many knows you've got to help your vision along in your own strength too? Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to do something. Come on. I know we like a gospel today that nobody's responsible for anything in their life. It's the devil's fault, it's God's fault, it's somebody else's fault. Some things are our fault. Come on. Some things are because of decisions that we've made. We've got to own that. But here's the good news. We can do something about it. Somebody say amen. We can do something about it right now. 
So they come in, they get a word from God. I've seen this over and over. They come in, they get a word from God, they get excited about it. They start going after it. I mean, they're hungry, they're thirsty after God, they're believing Him. God manifests His promise, and then they just they disappear. They fade away. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, the latter of that situation is going to be worse. Why? Because they're taking a blessing and opening the door for the enemy to come in and curse it. Now, go to the last one, Dave. It says, And and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and what? Receive it. Luke says, hear the word and keep it. You set watch over it. You're constantly fellowshipping with the vision. And they bring forth what? Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So God gave a piece of the vision, and those pieces of the vision, when you add them all together, watch this. When you add them all together, they multiply and make the entire vision. I think the best way that I can say this this morning is this right here. How many has received multiple words from God? Raise your hand. Multiple words from God. Do you think that those, all those words are not connected with, these, with each other? So watch this. So if God's telling me to do this in this area... And then I receive another word that He wants me to do this in that area. Are those two areas connected in some way? Yes. So watch this. So if I neglect this one over here and I just focus on this one, am I going to reach my full potential? No. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to a man that refuses to let you settle. I don't, listen to me, forget this junk of living a normal life. We don't want a normal life. We want a supernatural life. Can somebody say amen? We want a life more. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. We want a life more abundantly. And whatever God promised us in His Word, we want it. Somebody say amen. Not just some of it, I want it all. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want it all. And the only way you get it all is if you refuse to compromise. Is if you refuse to settle. Because let me tell you something, another thing the enemy will do. When he realizes that he can't stop you, he'll try to compromise with you. Okay, we see now you're taking over this land. How about this? We'll give you some of the land, but not all of it. How's that? As Stevie just said, it's a bad deal. Don't you compromise. Don't settle. Somebody say, don't settle. Alright, so watch this. The man, now how does the man receive 30, 60, and 100 fold? Watch this right here. The man that lives not by bread alone, but by what? Every word. Somebody say every word, which means every what? Every vision. Come on. Somebody say every word is every vision. 
Everything that God tells you, it should produce vision. If God says, I'm going to heal your body, I'm going to reverse the report, you should automatically begin to see the report reversed. If God says, I'm going to bless you, I'm taking you to a place of great blessing, you should start automatically seeing that in the realm of the Spirit. If God reveals it to you, He wants you to have it. Let me go a step further. If God wrote it in here, He wants you to have it. Well, God wrote in here that He wants me healed, He wants me blessed, He wants me delivered, but I don't know if it's His will. If God wrote it in here, it's yours. Somebody say, it's mine. Steve, come on up and play the piano today. Glory to God. Now watch this. So this was Jesus... This was Jesus explaining this parable, right? Now watch this, I'm going to show you something. Jesus operated in all the fivefold ministry in one. He was an apostle, the Bible says he is an apostle. He's the apostle and high priest of our confession. That's in Hebrews. The Bible also says that he's a prophet. How many knows he was an evangelist? Come on, how many knows he was a pastor? He said, I'm the great shepherd. Come on. And how many knows they called him teacher? He operated in all fivefold ministries at one time. But you know what he said this as? The prophet. Do you see that? Or watch this. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see it? Jesus, in the office of the prophet, reveals the secrets of the kingdom. And he says, it's all about what you see. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all about what you see. What did we learn the last few weeks? Believing is seeing. Say that with me. Believing is is seeing. The devil's come along and said, you see it, you'll believe it. No, no, no. You believe it, you'll see it. Amen? Somebody say this with me. I will live on purpose by purpose. Say that one more time. I will live on purpose by purpose. Everything in my life will revolve around the vision that God has given me. And that includes, watch this, the details. Amen? The details. Your relationship with your kids, your marriage, your job, your health, your finance, all, all this other, it's all tied together. Amen? Now I want you to say this with me. God has taken me somewhere. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith@yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.